This morning, I recall a story that I had heard a number of years ago. I was reading about a missionary. It was a report of a missionary in the church who had gone to one of the African nations, and I don't remember which one it was, but he was uh, just kind of doing a circuit and going to villages and, and preaching to the people there. And he went to a village, and there were just huts in this particular location, and there was one hut that was up on top of the hill, and it just sat all by itself. And he had tried to teach and have some studies with the little village there, and he finally asked somebody in the village, well, what's that up there? And they said, well, that's where whatever his name was lives. He's a leper, and uh, he has to stay up there, and he's about to die. And so that missionary walked up the hill and asked permission to enter into that hut. And he said the stench was almost unbearable. Because this man had leprosy, he was left completely alone. Nobody would go near him. They would take food and and throw it into the hut to him and and just stay away. And uh, he, he, because of his condition, had no use of his extremities. He had just about wasted away to nothing, and he laid in his own filth. This missionary went in and cleaned up his hut and asked the man if he would let him come and visit him every day and read to him from the Bible. The man said that would be fine to do. And so every day this missionary would go to this leper's hut and read to him from the Word of God and help clean him up as he needed help when others wouldn't come near him. The day arrived when the man said, I want to be baptized. I need to be baptized to uh, be united with Christ, but I have no way to do it. Who would carry him to the river? The missionary picked him up, In spite of the fact that he had leprosy, the missionary picked him up, carried him to the river, and baptized him into Christ. And the man rejoiced because he had found salvation. And he was taken back to his hut, and when the missionary made his next trip to visit him, the man had expired. So here's a man who, because of the love and compassion of a missionary who had the message of Christ, his soul was saved in the last hour because someone cared enough to to reach out to him when others wouldn't have come close to him. And when I hear that story and when I first read that story, I thought at the time, you know, that's that's a great story. It's a true story. And it's a great story about compassion and love, but it is but a dim reflection of the love and compassion that Jesus has for us. And it brings to mind the story in Mark chapter 1 that was just read to us. And I want you to open your Bible, if you have it, and turn to Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. And I'd like for us to look at a glimpse, again, into the life of Jesus. I think this is the fourth week. We have been looking at different glimpses into the life of Jesus. Jesus made a difference in the life of people. He changed people. And most of the time, he changed them for the better. 
they came in contact with his love and with his message of hope and grace, and they embraced it, and they were better for it. Last week, we talked about, or maybe it was the week before, we talked about a man who had the opportunity, but he said no to Jesus. And Jesus let him make that choice. Even though he loved him, he let him walk away. Well, this morning, we have another glimpse into the life of Jesus as he encounters a leper, a leper who actually seeks him out, which was a risky proposition to begin with because lepers were to be exiled from society and kept apart and and weren't to get close because of the contagious nature of their disease. But this man saw his only hope and approached Jesus, and we will see the outcome of that in this text. But to begin with, I want, to, I want us to look at the condition of this leper. He had, number one, a disease, leprosy. And that disease was a disease that uh, well, you're not going to get better from more than likely. Now, there were different kind of skin diseases, and some were more serious than others, and they were often categorized into the broad heading of leprosy. But this man had leprosy, and the consequences of that disease are are terrible. You're isolated from society. You're you're put off. and, And until you can prove yourself well to the priest, you were exiled isolated from the rest of society. And uh, leprosy today is not the problem, that it was, at least not in our culture, that it was at that time. But we do still suffer from a form of spiritual leprosy. When you consider what happens to us because of sin, it parallels very well the problem of the physical leprosy that was so... Uh, rampant, it seems, in in the first century. First of all, leprosy is deeper than skin. Um, You can turn to Leviticus chapter 13 and look at some of the requirements and some of the the rules and regulations concerning leprosy. And leprosy is a bigger problem than just a little skin problem. It went deep and it would atrophy and destroy and decay a person's extremities and to the point where they they just die. Uh, It's something that would take their life. And sin is more than just skin deep. Jesus says the things that we do, the, the things that we say... It's deeper than just the words that we speak. It it comes, he says, from the heart. Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 through 19. And so it comes from deep within us. The Bible tells us, or we can see also another illustration or comparison, it it starts small and spreads. That's the way leprosy works. It doesn't start, you just wake up one morning, your whole body, it it starts small and, and will spread. And isn't that how sin works? Usually we don't cannonball into sin. We don't totally immerse ourselves into sin, just give ourselves wholly over to sin. It's it's incrementally. We we find something that that tweaks our interest and we begin to dabble in that and and then we begin to get into something more and and a little more and and pretty soon we're in pretty deep. It it spreads. It spreads within the body of Christ. First Corinthians chapter five, like leaven. 
But it, it defiles, and this is the problem, because it spreads, it defiles everything that it touches. A leper, if he touched another person, they would be considered unclean. And that's why they had to segregate them, because it, it defiles that which it touches. And the same thing is true with sin. You can't dabble with sin and not be affected. It affects your life. It affects your soul, your spirit, your relationship to God. It, it defiles you. Another similarity between this man's leprosy and our problem with sin is that it isolates and separates. A man who had leprosy was declared unclean and had to leave society, had to stay a distance from his, well, from his wife, from his children, from his mom and dad, from his sister, from his brother, from his friends. He couldn't work anymore. He had to lose his job. And, and he became a beggar, hoping that somebody will take care of him while he's in this situation because he is completely exiled and isolated. And does not sin do the same thing to us, especially in our relationship to God? Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2 says, listen, God's hands aren't too short to reach down and help you. He's not hard of hearing that he doesn't hear your prayers and your cries for help. I'll tell you why you're in the situation you're in is because sin has separated you from God. It isolates us, just like the leprosy isolated this man. And it destines things for fire. If you had leprosy, when and if you were ever cured, the clothing that you wore had to be burned. The things that you had and that you touched and that you used, they all had to be burned because they wanted rid of that contaminants. What happens to those who sin, whose lives are touched by sin, who aren't cured from their contamination with sin? Revelation 20 tells us there's a lake of fire into which all those who are defiled will be cast into. So you see, while leprosy, physical leprosy, is not a problem today, I don't know of, I don't guess I know of anyone who has suffered from that malady in our culture. There may be some, and you may know of, but it would be really rare. But while I don't suffer from physical leprosy, I do suffer from another disease, another illness that, has very much the same effects. And so if I can make maybe a parallel this morning is what I'm trying to do, draw a parallel between my situation today and that situation of that leper in the days of Jesus. And I want to see what happened to this man and his encounter with Jesus because I believe that the same thing can happen to me in my condition as I encounter Jesus So that's the condition of the leper in chapter 1 and verse 40. But I want you to look at now the compassion of the Lord in chapter 1, verses 41 through 42. The Bible says, Then Jesus moved with compassion. And, you know, Justin just gave us a lesson the other night and used this as a backdrop for some of his thoughts on compassion. Compassion is more than just, boy, I hate that for you. Man, I'm sorry to hear that. 
It's more than just empathy. It's doing something about those things that you're emotionally disturbed over. Jesus is moved with compassion. And so what did he do? He stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing to be cleansed. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately leprosy left him and he was cleansed. I think it's interesting to note that when Jesus has compassion on this man, that he didn't just speak it from afar. He touched him. Here's a man who hasn't been touched by anybody for however long he's had his leprosy. People stay away from him. They don't get close to him. And Jesus, like that missionary in Africa who went in and touched and carried this man to his salvation, Jesus could have just stood from a distance and saw this man come to him and fall down before him and say, Help me. Jesus could have just said, uh, Be clean and go home. Ugh. You know, you look at the, the, the things that that disease can do to you, the disfigurements. Jesus walks up to him and touches him. Something that man probably hadn't had in a long time. It had to have been a meaningful exchange as he reaches out to him and, and touches him. That's compassion. And the, the transformation was immediate. Here's a man who was defiled one moment, and the next moment, because of his contact with Jesus, the next moment he, has clen- he is cleansed. And isn't that what the Bible teaches us concerning our situation? Our, our, we are dead. I mean, we are dead in our trespasses. Romans 6 tells us that because of our sin, we are, we're dead. And so what do you do with dead people? You bury them. And so we are buried with Christ in baptism And there's that coming in contact with Jesus. Just like this leper who has a death sentence comes in contact with Jesus and immediately he is cleansed. And the picture in Romans chapter 6 is a man who is dead in his sins and he is buried with Christ in baptism. And he rises to walk in newness of life. There's been a conversion, a change. He's no longer a man who's dead, but he's alive and well. He's not an old creature. He's a new creation in Jesus Christ. Jesus can make an immediate difference in your life. There are things that will cling to us, our old desires, our old patterns. That I don't know that you'll shed those immediately, but I'll tell you, your view in the eyes of God will change immediately. You'll be justified There will be a legal declaration made over you that you're no longer a sinner, that you are cleansed, that you're free and clean. And then not only do we see the compassion of the Lord, but we see a request that is made by Jesus. And I don't want to overlook this. I want you to see this because what Jesus says in Mark chapter 1 and verse 44, again, he says, go show yourself to the priest. Now, why do that? It's part of the law. He's following the commandments of God. Even though Jesus is the Son of God and He came on the earth and, and He's God Himself in flesh, He still does what the law says. He's still obedient. He doesn't uh, flaunt His position over His revealed will. 
And, you know, there again, are, there's a lot of people that say, well, you know, I don't think God would get upset if you did this. I know the Bible says that, but under the circumstances, I think God would be okay. Jesus says, you're cleansed, now do what the law says. Why do I need to go do what the law says? I'm already cleansed. I don't need to go see a priest. You've already cleansed me. Do what the law says. When Jesus grants grace to us, it's not a license to do our own thing. It's not a license to ignore what God's revealed will is. He tells us to do what the law says. And that's true with that leper, and it's, it's also true with us. And um, <clears throat> he also gave instructions in verse 44. And I want you to notice the, the emphasis on this instruction. He said, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way and show yourself to the priest. See that you say nothing to anyone. Verse 43, and he strictly warned him and sent him away. This is more than just a casual conversation that Jesus has with this guy. And he, it, it's more than, well, we had a talk and when we got done, I don't know if he wanted me to tell that or not. You know, would he be upset if I went ahead and told that? I don't know if I should say this or not. Well, we didn't really. Jesus strictly warns him, do not tell anyone. Now, the why of that, your guess is as good as mine. I know what happened because he didn't listen. Jesus couldn't freely enter into the cities because there was such a mob of people, and he was forced to stay out in deserted places, and, and people would come to him there. Maybe it was something that interrupted his timing. Maybe it's something that interrupted what he wanted to accomplish in these communities before he did what he did. I, I don't know all the ins and outs. I do know that Jesus said, strictly said, do not tell anyone. Now, the reaction of this man and what Jesus uh, does for him anyway, this man, when he's healed, look at verse 45, he went out and began to proclaim it freely. How do you do that? Oh, don't get me wrong. I understand why he would do that. I, I do. I, have you ever been told something really important and then it's followed up with, but now don't tell anybody. Oh, sometimes it like, and, and sometimes we can hint around, you know, we don't want to tell. And so we'll, hey, get, oh, you, oh, I'm not supposed to say that. What? What, what was it? No, 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 I'm not allowed to tell. What was it? Well, I'll tell you what, if you guess it right, you, it, we, we work our way to going ahead and telling, you know, what we're not supposed to tell. It kills us not to be able to... This man has been given life, and he's bubbling over with joy, and though Jesus strictly forbade him to say anything, he's just out running his mouth. He's telling it freely to everybody. That is sin. Oh, I understand it. But he did exactly opposite of what Jesus commanded him, and that's sin. You don't do the opposite of what God says. 
But that's exactly what this man did. And before we point a finger at him and say, what in the world is that guy thinking? I mean, it's easy to stand in judgment over him because, well, what if Jesus would have said, wait, did I not tell you, tell no one? And you're running around telling everybody you can find. I revoke it. I gave you a condition, you ignored it, and I'm taking it back. Let the leprosy be back. I might be a little bit afraid that that might happen to me if I were to tell it. But that's what happens. But Jesus, there doesn't seem to be any vindictiveness on his part. Maybe he made things more difficult for Jesus because of his wagging tongue. It seems to be the case. But I want you to consider this before you're too hard on that leper. What he did is wrong. But are we not in the same situation? We come to Jesus and we cry out to him for help. We're dying. We're dead in sin. And I can't do anything about it. I need you to help me. And he says, well, do you believe in me? If you do, turn from your sin, be baptized, and I will grant you forgiveness of sins. And from that day forward, you live for me. You walk in newness of life. You, you listen to me. You make me your Lord, your master. Your will is to be surrendered to my will. That's what he tells us to do, and we agree with that. We confess Jesus to be our Lord when we're immersed in water. And what do we do? We get baptized. We get cleansed. We go our way rejoicing. And how long does it take before we mess up and do what he says not to do? Does it take a day, a couple hours, a week? I don't know how long it takes for you, or I can't remember how long it took for me, but it happened. There came a point when that Jesus who saved me and commissioned me to live for him, I I disregarded what he said, did my own thing. I understand what the leper felt because I've been there and so have you. But it's wrong. I shouldn't do it. I need to listen to him and we need to be thankful to God that he's gracious to us. We have messed up. We have violated our promise to him. We have been given so much and we've been commissioned and we have broken our end of the bargain, and yet God still loves us, and he's willing to forgive us and and wash that away and let us go about our life like this leper in this story. My point is, and I want you to see that as we bring this lesson to a close, I I want you to see that we don't have leprosy, not like they did then, but we are in a very similar situation relationship that this leper sustained to Jesus. I've been there myself, and probably you have too. And there may be someone here this morning who is in that situation presently. You, you're lost. You're, you're sin. You have sin. You're defiled. And you have to get help because you can't handle it yourself. We need to thank God for Jesus Because he's there, and if you want to be cleansed, he'll cleanse you. And after he cleanses you, he'll commission you 
make me Lord of your life. Surrender your will to mine. And we'll do that to the best of our ability. But things will from time to time happen when we break our promise. The good thing to know is that God keeps his. And he doesn't revoke everything because of it. He gives us a second chance. What's your condition here today? Have you ever received the salvation that Christ offers? If you haven't, do that. Again, Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If you haven't done that, do that this morning. And if you have done that, but you've broken the conditions to the grace that had been extended to you, make it right. Tell them you're sorry and get back on that way that the one who saved you asked you to live. If we can pray with you and for you to that end, uh, we invite you to come as well as we stand together and sing.